0: Hey, welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and to trust Him more. To keep up with us or to get more information, visit CelebrationChurchLive.com. Well, we are in the fifth part of our series. where We've called Short Stories, and we've just been looking at... Um, some of the short stories Jesus told, we know them as parables. And Jesus utilized these stories to be able to help us um, and his hearers to be able to see God's kingdom and God in a better framework. And so the first step for that is we need to embrace the idea that maybe we need an adjustment, okay? That maybe we need to see God a little differently. And and unless we open our hearts to that possibility, there's not really going to be anything happen when we revisit it if we think we kind of already understand his scriptures. And so that needs to be the heart. Every time you or I go into the scriptures, we say, God, you know, i um, I feel like I have an understanding, but help me see you in a deeper way. And today's message is called um, a trilogy, and so and with that, where it is a short story um, that happens to have a, an amazing little three-parter to it. Um, and so, and as we get into this, um, I think it's gonna it's gonna make a, a little more sense to you. But of course, last. Weekend being Father's Day, uh, Cutie decided to take a nap. So I took that downtime to watch um, the number one Father's Day movie, uh, Empire Strikes Back. And so, hello, it's a father being reunited with a son. (laughs) And hello. And so, and. But for anybody who is a fan of trilogies, um, then most people have this understanding that the first movie is always really intriguing. It's got the backstory. It's got all of the stuff where we're discovering the characters and then... The third part has the culmination. It has everything coming together. And the middle one is typically just kind of the middle. It's just carrying the story along. Um, Although most people would say... What's unique about Empire Strikes Back, I think you can tell I I like Star Wars, um, is that it's considered by many to be the best film of all of the Star Wars films. And what's interesting is it's the middle piece, but it happens to be the best piece. And what I want to challenge us today is to maybe revisit um, the idea that somehow the middle has to be mundane. Because the truth is, is unless you have not begun your walk with Christ yet, um, you're in the middle just like I am. I'm in the middle. I'm in the growing, developing process. And we need to, to begin to connect with the middle, with a place of excitement, that all of a sudden that there's actually something wonderful and, and powerful about the middle not just what's coming and not what has already happened but what is happening right now now being summertime um, when I reflect on summer I think about my time growing up and and grew up in a uh, lake going household and so my dad was uh, grew up as a lake rat and he raised us up as lake rats we grew up in odessa so we we had to go to the lake. We had to go find water. And so what every chance we did, we would go do that. And so uh, we weren't massively into fishing. And so we would do a little bit of fishing. But the main thing was, is my dad's favorite hobby was to stick us at the end of the rope on something and then try to dump us in the water. That, that was my dad's hobby, is to see if he could skip us like a stone uh, across the surface of the lake. And so, um, and then of course we We enjoyed trying to thwart his plans to dump us in the water. And we did all the normal stuff, skiing and tubing and all that fun stuff. And... But at one point, one summer, we got a hold of this thing. We called the space shuttle because it looked like a space shuttle. And so it was just these three um, um, cylinders, one of them really big in the middle and had two seats, little handles. And it was designed um, to just kind of put along behind the boat, you know, and just kind of be an extension. But that was not the way we were going to use it. So my dad would, you know, try to roll us off of it and dump us off. And after a little bit, we got pretty good at staying on the space shuttle. We just, we got pretty good at being able to lean right and do everything. So my dad had to like take it to the next level. And so all of a sudden we were on it one time, me and my, one of my sisters, and my dad's just zipping along and then he just kind of idles back and we're just kind of floating along there in the, on the lake. And then he turns the boat and aims it at us. And he just sits there and just throttles it all the way down and just aims the boat right at us and passes us probably a little too close. Um, It was uh, probably, you know, seven or eight feet, but it felt like we were going to get run over. And so and then but he just passes us at full speed. And we're just sitting there (laughs) seeing the rope. Go by and then he just gives us his impish grin like "Uh, you think you're gonna stay on now Do you and so and then but in that moment we knew what was coming we knew so it was not Wasted moments man. We buckled down more than ever. We focused more than ever. We held on more Than ever More than ever But if you would have been a little fly, okay trying to get across Lake Brownwood. And you've all of a sudden found this little thing bobbing in the middle of the lake, and you're like, I'm going to take a little break. just land on the little tip of that thing, and you're like, there's nothing happening here. This thing is just nothing happening, but for those of us in the know, we knew it was there was nothing leisurely about it. There was nothing casual about it. It looked from an observation like there wasn't much going on, but there was about to be a Suddenly, There was about to be a moment where all of a sudden the plans of the father were about to fully come in contact. And then all of a sudden that slack is gone and you went from zero to whatever that boat was doing automatically. <laughs> You think the Tesla Roadster has acceleration. Ride the space shuttle behind my dad. That sucker, all of a sudden, bam, and you just give your whiplash and you just held on. And that moment in the middle was significant. And It was not a time to relax. It was not a time to lose focus. It was not a time to let go. It was a time to grab a hold of the foundation that you were on even more. It was a time to grab a hold and be connected more than ever. Why? Because there was a change coming. Let's go ahead and let's look at John chapter 8, verse 30. John chapter 8, verse 30 says, even as he spoke, many believed in him. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, You're really my disciples. And then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. But we see this progression take place. First, you're going to hold to his teachings. We're going to have to be around his teachings. You're going to have to familiarize yourself with his teachings. You're going to have to spend some time in his teachings. And then you're going to have to hold to them. Say, I'm going to bring this close. I'm going to say my life is founded on this, is connected to this. And then, at that point, by simply holding on to Jesus' teaching, by saying they're mine, I embrace them, that's what it means to be a disciple. And then in that, that at some point this teaching that you've held to will become a truth that you know. But sometimes you just have to say, Jesus, if you say it, I want to be around it. And then in being around it, all of a sudden you understand it. And then as you understand it, that truth you know, it sets you free. It's the truth that sets you free. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to throw this truth out there and you better use it to set yourself free. I'm going to give you some hints, and now you can do this this algebra problem of your life, and you can finally work this thing out, but you're the one who has to do it. No, he says, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, guess what? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We hold on to Jesus, and Jesus sets us free. But there's that place that we see a process taking place. We're about to look at Mark chapter 4, and we're going to do the, the bottom of Mark chapter 4. But Mark chapter 4, verse 1, opens up with the parable that we covered in week one of this series the parable of the sower. And the sower goes out and sows his seed, and the seed grows, and it falls on multiple different types of soil. And ultimately, one type of soil yields a full harvest, yields the full produce. And we saw in that our takeaway from that is that receptiveness determines effectiveness. And that is a truth we need to understand and we need to embrace. But if we don't watch it, we'll let the enemy come in and create a lie that Pastor Keenan covered that all of a sudden that lie is now we have to work this deal. That all of a sudden God's grace gave us an opportunity. It wasn't that God's grace did it for us. God's grace gave us a chance for us to do it. And all of a sudden we'll, we'll take this wrong. And so that's why Jesus immediately covers, immediately covers this idea that no, it's the truth. It's the, God's word that does the work. So let's go ahead and look in verse 26 of Mark chapter four. Verse 26 says, he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. And like, Oh, Jesus, you just told this story. <laughs> You just did this just a little bit ago. Um, nope, it's, it's a fresh one. It's a new story. king of God is like a man scatters seed on the ground night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Though he doesn't know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head as soon as the grain is ripe he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come the harvest has come now before we get into the meat of this um, of this parable i want to see that see that he leads with this idea in verse 27 that night and day there's a process There are some days that take place. And notice the sequence. It's night and day. Night mostly comes first in our lives. Darkness usually comes first. That is where we engage. And what we need to understand is that when God speaks, God's word makes a difference whether we're fully alert to it or not. Whether we fully can see or not, that a lot of times in the, in the night, in those dark moments, God is at work more than we recognize. We love to connect with God when we when see it all. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see how it's all coming together. But no, there are times that even when we don't see how it comes together, even when we don't see that, that God is still at work. And what we need to understand is that growth in God, it's a process. It's a process. I wish as pastor that things just happened quick because we want it to. But it doesn't happen that way. Our selfish nature, we don't want to go the distance. We don't want to lean on God that much. We don't want to need him that much. We want to need him in a moment, get what we need and move on. But we're designed to grow in him, to stay connected with him. And in my immaturity, um, which there are places I still have some of that, um, but whenever I was a freshman at ASU, my goodness, um, 30 years ago, that uh, I I first began to really own my relationship with God. I was raised in a Christian home and and connected with church my whole life. Um, But My freshman year at ASU was when I really began to connect um, and grow in my own relationship with God. And as I was spending some time in the scriptures and spending some time reading the Bible, which I would encourage you to spend some time reading the Bible. Spend some time in His Word. That that opened you up for Him to be able to speak to you through His Word and and lead and guide you through His Word. The Holy Spirit will do that. I, I promise you just go ahead and spend some time in His Word. And I was spending some time in God's Word. And God began to show something to me and reveal something to me because I was getting pretty frustrated just with my own felt like slowness in my growth. And just I was just getting frustrated. And I began to notice that when we look at the, the New Testament and all of the stuff that our, the New Testament fathers of the church did with, with Peter and Paul and James and a bunch, of those, a bunch of those amazing, amazing guys. I began to notice they had a fuller, deeper understanding of who Jesus was and what he had accomplished for us on the cross, what his death, burial, and resurrection had really meant. And they understood it in a lot fuller way than I understood it. And I didn't realize that the Holy Spirit was showing me that God would eventually get me there. He would, he's promising to take me on this journey to understand him more. I just saw they had a deeper understanding of who Jesus was, that that was what made the difference in their life. Look, that's a, that's a pretty big nugget of truth. To see that what made the difference in Peter, Paul, and James was they understood Jesus better. That's a pretty foundational thing. But I, all of a sudden, put a little branding on that and decided, oh, okay. Well, that's what I need then. I need a fuller understanding. I need a full revelation of Jesus. So I'm just going to pray for a full revelation of Jesus. In fact, I'm going to fast until I get a full revelation of Jesus. That was my my plan. So I immediately put it into motion. And I just quit eating solid food. I only had uh, fluids. uh, And that was it and so i began to do that and i get 5 days into my fast and man i tell you what for a freshman in college 5 days without solid food it is like a whole a whole year went by i mean it was just it was it was forever And God's grace was in the middle of it, even in my immaturity, because thankfully he sustained me. And and I did not get, I did not get hungry. And I was so immature. I was so hyper-focused on fighting hunger um, that God would, was not going to let me get hungry because I was not going to give in to hunger. And God's grace just was there and didn't let me have to battle that part of me. And so in that fifth day in prayer... Um, I, I remember exactly where I was. I was outside of the men's high-rise. Honestly, I was sitting outside under a tree, um, there on campus, and was just in prayer and studying the scriptures. And the Holy Spirit just revealed to me because I had not got the download. I'm like, "What's going on?" And the Holy Spirit just gently t- let me know, "Brandon, I, I'm I'm revealing myself to you. It's not going to happen in a moment. It's not going to happen because you just chose to fast until it happens." Um, I'm going to slowly reveal myself to you. You're, you're, you're doing just fine. And so in my amazing maturity on that, I, I did the most immature thing ever. And I got up from that moment of being released from my fast. And I went to the cafeteria and made myself sick on chicken fried steak. And so it was just absolutely immature. And, um, but in that space, I just wanted to miss the middle. I wanted to miss the middle. I wanted to get to the end result. I had my, my encounters with Jesus. I got excited about Jesus and I wanted the full revelation. He's like, no, that's what walking with me gets you. That's what spending life gets you. How do you understand Jesus as provider if you've not leaned on him when you didn't know where the money was coming from? When you don't know. It's one thing to say, I believe that God provides. It's a whole nother thing in the process of life yeah. come on. to sit there and have a need all of a sudden, come on, and y'all you get all of your own little stuff in your carnal self and say, I can refinance this, I can do this, I can do all of that, I can get this extra job, I can be away from my family and do all these different things. But God says, you know what? Trust me. Follow me. And then He provides. Yes. And you have a fuller revelation that he's a provider. That you trust him in the who he is. It We grow in it by walking in it with him. It's the middle that matters. Yes. It's the middle where we learn. And so we, you and I who are in the middle... We can't get frustrated with the middle. And it's always been about process. It's always been about that. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. If we are a new creation, well, maybe we ought to look at original creation. So Genesis 1, verse 3 says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening. And there was morning. The first day. You know. That when we follow this account through. The sun and the moon. The things we use to determine night and day. Don't exist until day four. This is day one. And yet he's called it night and day. Guess what? God can begin to call things even when we don't see the pieces that are needed to call it that. God can begin to say, no, this is what it is. We're like, I don't see the pieces for that. He's like, no, this is what I'm doing. Embrace that this is what I'm doing. The sun and the moon are going to show up. I promise you. But it's already I've begun the process of day and night. Simply by defining By defining light and darkness. He's already begun. And he called it good. But he wasn't done. He didn't get done till day six. But there's a whole day that's nothing but light and darkness being defined. A whole day of that. He's not going to, when we say, oh, let's look at all of God's creation. Let's enjoy it. We go out and we step out and and we see his sunsets and terrain and all that kind of stuff. This stuff doesn't exist here. What we call his creation, none of that is here in day one. But he's creating. And he's calling it good. And he savors it enough to pause it and say, that was a day. And that's completed. He's always functioned in process. Always created in process. And he has celebrated and enjoyed each moment of the process. Please give yourself a break. Please give yourself a break. God is not finished. But there are things that he has celebrated about you. You've chosen on a beautiful June day. come and worship and connect. He's so thankful that you are honoring him and prioritizing him. This is a good moment. Yeah, but you didn't hear what we said to each other this last week. You didn't hear the fights we had, but despite the fight, you showed up to lean into him. That's progress. That's leaning in the right direction. That is going the direction he wants you to go. Celebrate those moments. No, we don't pause. We don't stop. We don't all of a sudden build an altar there. But we see his plan at work. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. And the old is gone and the the new is here. And then in 2 Corinthians three. Verse 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We've been made alive, we're fully His, but we're being transformed. You're in the transformation process. Let him have it. Let him do his work in you. Why? Because growth happens over time. It just does. Mark chapter 4 verse 27 says, Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Folks, you and I, we're going to have to be patient with the process. There's some nights and days There's some sleeping and some getting up. And here's the pressure that can come on is all of a sudden we recognize that God's at work. And then we think we have to just be up all the time. Ooh, I've just got to keep. I can never rest. I can never just allow him his space to work in my life. I have to be going, 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 driving, 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 nurturing, nurturing, nurturing what God is doing in my life. No, there are these places where we find these rest rhythms. Whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed's still growing. The process is still moving forward. James chapter 1 verse 4 says, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If we're not yet perfect, If we're not yet complete, if we're not yet lacking nothing, then what exists? There's some lack. There's some places that are incomplete. There's some imperfections. And we can hyper-focus on those things in ourselves and in others. And that's not what we're called to. When we see the process, when we know what God is doing, we can celebrate the milestones. We can celebrate the moment, but it requires patience, having its perfect work. Proverbs 19.11 tells us this truth, that a man's wisdom gives him patience. Seeing God's vision of your life, birth to death, all the way through not that all of a sudden it's supposed to be fully perfect right here and right now. And then you just live in that perfect perfection for the next 40, 50 years. Whatever lies ahead for you. No, there is growth all the way through. God doesn't demand this one thing of you in this moment. He just wants you fully in his hands in this moment. Just be, be with him. A man's wisdom gives him patience, and it is to his glory to overlook an offense. Here's another wonderful truth hidden in this short, beautiful parable. That we do not have to have it all figured out to grow. Praise God. We do not have to have it all figured out to grow. We just start growing, the seed of the word grows in our hearts, and we don't fully get it. We just feel God's at work. We begin to be slowly transformed if we'll let him do it. But we don't have to have it all figured out. Again, verse 27, it says, Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. This isn't an excuse to say, well, there's no reason for me to do it. God will do it even if I don't know how. No, it's that you don't have to have the pressure to know how. We're going to grow in wisdom. We're going to grow in understanding. We see that in the whole counsel of God, in the whole scripture of God. But the pressure to grow, that we can relax and say, God, I don't fully get it. I don't know how you're going to get me from here to there. But I believe your promise is faithful, and you're going to complete the good work that you've begun in my life. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And so in this, we need to remember, if, if we're going to be growth moments in this middle, that... We need to understand that the small beginnings should be celebrated. They should be celebrated. Each one should be enjoyed. We've had the privilege of getting to raise seven kids, Cutie and I. And in that, those milestones are amazing. But guess what? Every child that has entered our life, man, they can't do squat for themselves. <laughs> nothing. You stick them on the ground, they're just a slug. There's nothing <laughs> that they do. You just come back and then that you know they're they're still there, but now they're messy. <laughs> And you're like, man, this kid can do anything. But you love them, you care for him. And then over a period of time, they begin to, to, to grow and become independent and be able to do different things on their own. And one of those beautiful moments are their first steps. To be able to take those first steps, and we've got to be a part of that seven times now. And then be able to do their first steps. And here's the truth: all of their first steps, as steps go, they were pretty terrible. Yeah. They're sitting there, walking like that. they're just like they're terrible. If you saw an adult doing that, you're concerned. <laughs> you go over there and you help them out. You ask if they need some meds or something. You find a local police officer and go. <laughs> Don't let them drive. They're just like all wobbly. So as steps go, they're, they're, they're terrible steps. They're not good, solid steps. And every time they end in a splat, they never just stand up and start walking around. <laughs> Hello. So I see you, mom, dad, grandpa, grandma. No, they take a couple and they they, they fall to the ground and then they're just there. They can't get themselves up. They're just stuck down there. And then all and then they, they sit there and they feel like they have failed. But all of these adults who are watching them know the process, know the big picture, know how significant that was. And all the adults are celebrating. Woo-hoo hoo! And they got little tears, and I was thinking, these people are jerks. <laughs> I just fell on the ground. That's the last thing I did. And they're, like, laughing and celebrating and taking pictures. And, like, I, I, I'm, these people are terrible. But they understand. The, the child doesn't understand. They just know it didn't work for them, and they got hurt. They're a little frustrated, but the mature ones see, you know, this was a big deal. Yeah. Those little wobbly unsure steps were amazing. Why? Because they're gonna lead to sure steps. They're gonna lead to confident steps. They're gonna lead to running. Yeah. Guess what? One whenever Michael Jordan was little, his first steps were pretty terrible. But one day he ended up just defying the laws of gravity. But so we cannot judge where God's gonna take somebody. Based on their first couple of steps. Here's what can happen though is our reaction to people's steps can determine if they take it again. That's good. That's, good. That's really true. We don't know where God wants to take them, but we can we can discourage them or, or encourage them to take them again. And folks, you and I as the body of Christ, we need to get better yes. at being a place for new baby Christians yes. to take some steps. And we celebrate that those steps were taken. That we celebrate it. The first time somebody prays out loud in public, that is one of the most nerve-wracking things anybody could ever do. They may say, Lord, I just pray everyone has a wonderful day. That's it. That's all they can get out of their mouths. But the fact that they now stepped into the place that their words matter, that they have authority, that there's a God who listens in the universe, that that a prayer of agreement makes a difference. They just exercise something that will shake the world. We want to encourage it. It's like, yes, that was wonderful. That was beautiful. Oh, it was the dumbest prayer ever. No, that was, and they're always judgy. The first time prayers, they're always judgy to themselves. That was, I don't know if I'm doing that again. You're like, no, yes, you are. That was wonderful. That was amazing. I'm, I'm going to have a great day. I can tell it. You prayed it, and I'm going to walk, and I'm going to believe it. We need to encourage one another. We need to be a place where first steps can happen. And it's encouraged and we lift one another up. Somebody finally opens up the scriptures and they've been reading the Bible on their own. And then they hang out with you and they're like, hey, I, I just read this and this is kind of my takeaway on it. And maybe they have a limited view. Maybe they don't know the whole counsel of the word of God and they kind of interpret it a little wrong. They kind of turp it a little off, but they dared to share what they were getting out of the scriptures. They dared to risk being able to do that. So you and I would then gently go, well, you know what? Man, that is amazing. I'm so glad you're spending time in the scriptures. I'm so glad you're doing it. Thanks for sharing that with me. You know what? I could see how you would see that. Let's look. Let's open up this passage of scripture. Let's look at this. And then we read this and we tie it in over here. What do you think now? If you look at the whole thing, what do you think now? Oh, well, maybe it's this isn't this and this. Yeah, yeah, you're getting it. You see the whole counsel of God. You begin to put it all together and encourage one another instead of saying, man, that is the most heretical thing I've ever heard. Where'd you get that That is bad theology. No, 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 no. As people are, and that is so fragile. That is so fragile. We react the wrong way. That person is not opening up about the scriptures again for a long time. They are shut down. We need to respond. We need to be a life-giving place to be able to help that grow. Verse 28, all by itself, the soil produces grain. First, the stalk. Just a little thing poking its head up just there. But it's worth celebrating. It's worth noting Jesus put it in his story that just a little stalk pokes up. Zechariah 410 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. You look at that whole passage and what's being celebrated. It wasn't that all of a sudden there was a a bunch of shovels full of dirt turned and you can see something change. That that there were some, some stones put together and we can now begin to see a building come together. No, it was a plumb line. There's a plumb line that's dropped in that story. And there's no work done other than a plumb line saying, what is true? What is solid? What is going to help us build a solid structure? We want to build on the truth. That was the beginning. That was what was celebrated. That, he called it work. Just deciding what's true is part of the beginning of the work. But we have to celebrate. It says, the Lord rejoices. If he's rejoicing, you and I ought to kind of be rejoicing as well. And then again, each step along the way is vital. And should be recognized. Folks, the hardest part of any journey is the middle. To get it started is always fun. It's always exciting. And... uh you, you and your, your crew decide you're going to do a road trip. Um, you know, you start off early in the morning and say you're going to go to Nashville, Tennessee. and You're, you're going to go. And, man, you, you skid the car. You load up. You, you hit play on the playlist. And it's holiday road. Everybody's just jamming in the car for about 20 miles. And then you got a long middle. <laughs> And then you take the little iPhone out, and you take the pictures, and you do all that, and everybody's just sleeping. They're quiet. Somebody's got their headphones on. They don't even know the conversation in a, in a whole car. They're just there. They're gone. And then all of a sudden, you hit, the, you hit the city limit sign for Nashville, and it's Holiday Road. So excited. Why? Because the beginning is exciting, and, and the end is exciting, and the middle. We can make it something to endure. Instead of something to enjoy. And the middle matters so, so much. Verse 28, all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk and then the head. And I am preaching longer in the same service. I don't know how I'm doing this. But the head is, is kind of a, a tricky point for us. Because all of a sudden now that the head of this corn stalk shows up, just a casual passerby, says, oh, that's corn growing. I, I recognize that. that that's, that's corn. And then there's, there's, there's the corn. But it's just, it's just the head. It's not fully developed. And here's the thing is you and I, we can kind of pause early in our growth because we could call that maturity when really you can begin to recognize where it's going, but it's not all the way there. And sometimes we can pause early just because we can begin to see where it's coming together. But the process isn't over. Remember in Mark four eighteen, it says, Still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word, but with worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Philippians 3.12 says, not that I've already obtained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. If Paul needed to push forward, you and I, folks, we need to push forward. And then as we close, we need to recognize that growth is about maturity in Christ. Verse 28 again, all by itself, the soil produced grain, first stalk, then the head and then the full kernel in the head. And that was when the harvest came. Paul writes to the believers in Philippians in Philippians 1 verse 6, as being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul was confident that God was going to finish what he started in the Philippian believers. Our bottom line today is this that gracefully growing helps us grow in God's grace. And that's how it goes. We have to be patient in the process. We have to be patient. And so this morning, I want to create an opportunity for that first step to begin. For you to place your faith in Jesus and to begin the journey. And there can be this pressure on the inside that he says, you know, pastor, um, you know, I don't want to start something I can't finish. I'm still kind of on the fence here. But here's the truth is God's not asking you to start something you can't finish. He's asking you to let him start something you can't finish. He wants to begin a work in you and then he's going to finish it. He's asking you to let him do it. And if he's knocking on the door of your heart today, that's the invitation. The invitation isn't to transform your life, for you to do it yourself. The invitation is for him to transform your life. Thank you for listening to this message from Celebration Church. You can keep up with all that God is doing here at Celebration by following us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're ready to say yes to that, I just want to create a quiet moment. If you can just kind of bow our heads. And if you're here to say yes to that, let, you know, letting Jesus start a work in you that he'll finish based on what Jesus has done. If that's you, I want you to just lift your hand. And we're going to pray with you. Yes, 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 yes. Praise God. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Believers, would you please pray with these? If you've lifted your hand, I'm going to loan you some words. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me so much that you sent Jesus. That Jesus' death paid the price for my sin. It's brought me new life, and it's made me fully yours. Today, I'm your child. You are my Father. Heaven is my home, and I give you permission to change me from the inside out. out. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you can stand up, I'm just going to pray over us as we go out of here. Our prayer teams are coming forward. Thanks for giving me a few extra minutes this morning. Um, I'm just going to pray over us as we go. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for who you are and what you've done in our lives. Lord, we're so thankful that your mercies are new every morning. And so, Lord, we go out of here, Lord, looking to you because you're the author and you are the finisher of our faith. We give you permission, all of us today, we choose to give you permission to start something fresh in our lives that only you can finish. Lord, and that is what this beautiful walk with you is. Something only you can do. And we thank you that you're faithful to do it in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Y'all have a beautiful day. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for joining us online.